Welcome back to Foster Care and Unparalleled Journey with Jason and John. It's not Amanda today. Sorry, guys. Um, he's not nearly as good looking as she is. <laughs> but I have my, my friend John Williams here today. And this is a quick shout out that we're going to throw out midweek. This is not something we would normally do. But I've been working with John and his group, Life That Counts, for a little while now, just trying to help him out with some foster care uh, programs that he's developing. I think this is an amazing program. I think it has the potential to reach out and help a lot of students, especially the older foster youth. And we're always looking at the older foster youth who are at risk of aging out of the system without a good support system around them. And this is exactly what that's about. So if you're a caseworker, if you're a case manager, if you're a department head, if you're anywhere in the system and you know where you could push this up the chain to find somebody who might be interested in implementing a program like this, please reach out to me. You can reach me at fostercareuj at gmail.com. You can also reach John at john at lifethatcounts.org. So, John, how you doing tonight, man? Jason, thank you so much for having me on. It's such a pleasure to be a part of your life, I, to know you and your service for this community, and also for the service that you provide every day for the kids in your home that you and Amanda provide a sense of compassion, stability, um, and raising them up just in a, a positive, safe, healthy environment. If the pandemic has taught us anything, it's taught us that we have some opportunities which we may have not always taken advantage of in innovating our approach to serve students. The Life That Counts is an organization that exists to help Students make better decisions for more healthy outcomes. And we're also grant funded, a federally funded organization, which brings evidence based programming to students around the social emotional health, around risk avoidance, um, and around success sequencing in future decision makings and such with self efficacy. Uh, we want kids to understand that they can they can have the life that they see for themselves. And what we've discovered through this period is that we can connect with students in online platforms and virtual communities where we can see one another face to face and hear one another. And we can connect students with their peers over even great distances where students can come together and enjoy a sense of authentic community, which they have been missing out on by and large from not being in their typical day-to-day classrooms. So now we have an opportunity to offer an online virtual community for kids in care. And this is so important because as we know that the students in care, as they transition from placement to placement, it's possible that the only consistent people in their lives are their caseworker or their parole officer if they've had one assigned. So there's just not a whole lot of consistency there. So through the online virtual environments, we can, we can, uh, we can facilitate a safe environments which create places where students that can connect with one another and stay connected to one another in healthy environments, which are going to be led by educators, virtual educators, project staff. And I'll mention those guys and uh, ladies in just a moment. But we're going to be using an evidence-based curriculum called Real Essentials. 
And Real Essentials is based on healthy relationship skill building and self-efficacy and the success sequence. And, and again, self-efficacy is that we can we can create people who can contribute to the world around them. And, and like some of the statistics out there surrounding students who are in care and what happens after they, you know, get older into their early and mid 20s and such. So the purpose of this program is to provide that opportunity for mentoring and community for older adolescent youth in care throughout their transitions. Uh, so services, uh, should the award be, should this project be funded, services will last for five years. Participating high school seniors that join will remain eligible for services for the full five years. So we full well intend to continue to help them face the transitions as they experience um, uh, older adolescents and leaving the teenage years into their early 20s. And so we realized some of the challenges as well and the variety of situations that older adolescents uh, face. And I need to back up for just a moment because it, this, this is open to uh, older adolescent youth, ninth grade through 12th grade, and it will remain open from ninth, for ninth graders through 12th graders and those who join beyond um, it for the full duration of the program. So we, we understand that some kids come from situations where um, joining an online environment might be an impossible thing for them because they may not have the tools to do so. So we plan to provide a computer or a tablet device a MacBook Air or an iPad for students to use for the program. We are also establishing guidelines because we understand that there's so much work that's been put into helping students get out of harmful environments. We, we don't want to undo all of that work by, you know, one misstep in a communication over, you know, over using a digital platform or a, a device that we provide that, that leads a student back into an unhealthy situation. So we are efforting that literally as we speak. And so a, a few things to say to that. We'll have two project staff on each video conference call meeting with the students. We'll also be purchasing and using programs to not only monitor, but also lock down the digital content on these devices so that it actually locks down and limits the device capability. Uh, and that will be monitored by an, out, an outside third-party uh, provider, uh, cybersecurities companies and such. So project staff assigned to work with the adolescent participants in the virtual environments will have undergone background checks and will be registered mandatory reporters in every state, which they'll um, have students in their groups from. We, we have already reached out to several states and, and many have shown interest and uh, many are also returning letters of intent. Um, so our mandatory reporters will be uh, also child or, or also can register child. Uh, they will have received can clearance, child, you know, child abuse and neglect clearance. And adolescent participants will meet weekly in a virtual video conference in a group of 12 to 15 students, 12 to 15 other youth in very similar situations that they're in and a minimum of two project staff. Now, we're going to offer a few different options for students to participate in. We'll have male groups and female groups. We'll also offer co-ed groups for those students. In the male groups, those those calls 
those conference room situations, those video call situations will, um, for the male groups that have at least two, uh, two male project uh, staff and the female calls, of course, will have at least two male, uh, two female project staff and the co-ed groups will have a minimum of one male and one female project staff and we'll probably have four project staff on each call, two, two males and two females. So there will be an onboarding process for new students that join, and this includes monthly connect groups for those care providers. And and, and here's one of the uh, the innovative things as well. So as as students transition from placement to placement, we do anticipate that uh, as you enter into a new environment, that new care provider may be uncomfortable with um with a gathering such as this in a digital online environment. So to effort that, we will offer onboarding for those new care providers where they will have a pro, uh, uh, an opportunity to meet all of our program staff in a webinar-type environment, a video call, just like we meet with the students on, those new care providers, uh, as well as anyone else associated with the, with the child participant, will also be able to review the content that we share uh, with the kids as well. So all of those things will be uh, available. There are 12 hours of evidence-based healthy relationship skill building content, which will be required for each student who participates. And we'll encourage student participation through a multi-tiered incentive platform. And I'm really excited about this because we offer a few things um, that will help serve those students even where they're at. All, all students who complete sessions one through three will receive a $25 gift certificate. And, and and keep in mind, the gift the gift certificates will not be to places like, you know, Target or Walmart or Amazon. We, we will not do big box places. We will specifically do, you know, like Shoe Carnival or, um, you know, or Route 21 or, or just, you know, something like that where students can buy things that, that they would like to have. They can purchase clothes and whatnot, things that they would like to have. After the completion of uh, sessions, of all sessions up to session six, students will receive a 50. All student participants will receive a $50 gift certificate. And after completions of uh, sessions seven through nine, students will receive a $75 gift certificate. And, and here's what I think is really cool that we're able to do through this project. After, after a student completes all of the 12 required hours of the evidence-based, um, uh, curriculum, the students will receive, they'll get to keep their MacBook Air or their iPad, uh, their, their computer device that was assigned to them at the beginning of the program. They, it will be theirs. Beyond the initial 12 hours of required evidence learning, students will be encouraged to continue their participation in weekly life groups with their peers. Our aim here is to provide an environment where students can receive encouragement and with we have a, we have an additional 72 sessions of content through Real Essentials, not to mention the supplemental materials that we'll be able to uh, provide and produce led by our project staff and our education team. And I've really got to tell you, one of the most powerful things here is at the beginning of these calls, uh, of these video calls, we do, we go into breakout rooms with our kids and we do a thing called highs and lows. And highs and lows are, are uh, peaks and valleys. This is simply a time I heard one guy call it a weather report. It's simply a time where we get to share the the things that's going on in our life, whether those be, you know, positive things or maybe not so positive things. 
And it gives students an opportunity to practice vulnerability in this environment with people that they've been doing life with for a while now. So for you, if you're listening right now and, and you may be a, you know, if you're a caseworker or if you're a service provider or if you're a, you know, person at the state who helps disseminate information and raise awareness for programs such as this, to be included as a potential service recipient for this, LOUs, um, I'm sorry, LOIs or letters of intent are due as soon as possible. We actually have a submission deadline uh, by midnight, uh, July 1st, but we're asking that those LOIs be returned much sooner than that, um, just as soon as possible so that we can make sure all of the correct demographics information is included and, and such and so forth. So these are non-binding. So please keep in mind, our, our MOU LOIs are, are non-binding and we'll have up to six months after funding is awarded to get up and running. And that includes all the paperwork and all the logistics, hiring staff, getting staff trained and background checks and clearances and, and, and all of that, all of that sort of thing. Um, and uh, they're non-binding for two, so at least two reasons, right? So one, if funds are not awarded, then that means we're not able to provide services at this time. And if funds are awarded, but along the discovery process, you find out that there is, there's something here that doesn't just quite, quite work out for, for your particular um, you know, students or your local area or whatnot, then, then we understand that and, and there's, there's no penalty, um, other than your kids not getting to receive the services if that doesn't work out, but there's no, there's no pinnacle, there's no penalty in the agreement. So I, I just want to share uh, real quick why we've decided to do this. Uh, again, the pandemic has taught us so much about connecting with kids through virtual environments and, We've we've had kids thank us, um, middle school kids, high school kids, thank us for providing these services, these continued services throughout everything that's going on in our world the last few months. And for me personally, there's a little bit of background for the online community. I, I've never I never met my biological father growing up, and I grew up in a, in an alcoholic and abusive in an abusive home, and. It's been said that hurt people learn how to hurt people in those environments. And that was definitely my story. And one of the things that I wanted even very early on in my life was I wanted my wife to know her husband and I wanted my kids to know their father. And along the way, I came to a place where I I just really wasn't knocking it out of the park as, as a husband or as a father. And I wanted to do better. And I stumbled upon an online community of dads committed to show up better for those in their world, for their wives, for their kids, for every every place and situation they're in. And I've been a part of this group. This is actually how Jason and I met. We met through the dad's community. Jason was actually in the very first uh, call a call that I was a part of, and he and I seems like have been together ever since. And Jason Palmer, you, you and your wife, you guys are just such a gift to the world, and I want to thank you for the influence that you've been in my life, always reminding me and other men in our community to step up and be the calm in the room. And Jason, that is that is a gift to all of us. And so there is power in online community. There is power in connecting with people who you may not necessarily see every day. You may not even see them out in the community geographically that you live in. 
And one of the reasons I think this this format of community is so powerful is because it gives us an opportunity to be very intentional with our dreams. And it gives us an, an opportunity to be very intentional with the actions and the outcomes that we want to see happen in our life. We don't have people jumping into our lives, judging us all the time, you know, and it's such a helpful it's such a helpful tool that we have. Now, in order to receive an LOU or um, no, my apologies, LOI letter of intent template, what, that way you can add into your um, your letterhead and get back to us with a signature at the bottom. You can simply email Laura L A U R A at life that counts dot org. Laura at life that counts dot org. I'm sure Jason will add this to the show notes here. And if there is any way that I can be of service, if you would like to hop on a quick phone call um, or receive more information from me directly, feel free, please, just like Jason gave the email earlier, uh, feel free to reach me, John, J-O-H-N, at lifethatcounts.org. Jason, thank you for serving. Thank you for sharing a platform that we can share this opportunity where older adolescent team participants, grades 9 through 12, and local providers, community stakeholders, and others who want to see kids beat the odds and make better decisions for more healthy outcomes can take place. I appreciate what you do, man. Thank you. Well, we're going to try and get this put up here first thing in the morning. It should be out and available. So if you find this, we're running short on time. So make sure that you reach out as soon as uh, as soon as you can, and we'll see if we can't make this turn to something big. Thank you, Jason.